0: Hi everyone, welcome to A11 Crypto. I'm Harvey Lee. This is a place where I talk with visionary founders and savvy investors to de-risk opportunities and explore potentials. Today, I'm very pleased to welcome Hugh Cobb, the founder of the leading DeFi insurance project, Nexus Mutual, to the show.
1: Yeah, hi Harvey. Thanks for for having me on. Um, Yeah, so Nexus is um, a discretionary mutual. We're not um, actually insurance, but we offer um, cover for um, hacks, I guess, against smart contracts. So basically, if um, if you you know you put your money in a smart contract and and it um, there's a bug in the code, then then you can get cover with Nexus and, and get a claim payment. So that's that's the that's the basic idea. Um, we I'm I'm an insurance person by background, so I've been doing insurance for quite a long time. Um, so I got quite a bit of industry experience, um, and I guess I've been personally interested in blockchain in the tech for quite a, while, quite a while as well. And so this was kind of, um, that's the reason I put it um, started putting it together um, to kind of um, bring those two kind of passions together, I guess. Um, in terms of like what, how kind of Nexus really works, just very briefly, it's basically a DAO um, where a whole bunch of people pull money together um, and they use that um common pool of capital to um protect each other against risk so they share risk together and um and we have we have a token and 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 things but that's primarily to um coordinate incentives across all the memberships um all the people in in the DAO, all the members and they um so that they basically pay the right claims um price the risk correctly um update things via governance and so it's a definitely a coordination um mechanism so that's that's essentially what we're trying to do um bring the kind of way of doing insurance back to its original community-based roots where members just kind of groups um do things together and um and do things on um, themselves and coordinate themselves so that's kind of that's um the real um, um goal of what we're trying to do here
0: Oh, that's fantastic. that's fantastic. Um, so ver- thank you very much for uh, clearing up exactly uh, the difference between Next Mutual and, say, an insurance project, because I uh, guess what you're saying is that Next Mutual itself is simply the base layer. On top, uh, insurance product can be, uh, can be created and written and um, distributed out to, to, to the community. Is, is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. That's that's where we that's where we're aiming to get to um, in the, in the future, and, that, and that's what we're building towards. Um, so right now, we've we basically have one product, which is smart contract cover um, to cover against the hu- bugs or hacks in smart contracts. But what we are actually doing is building a more general protocol that um, essentially coordinates risk and capital together, and then allows anyone else to build their own product. On top of on top of Nexus, and so I mean, one one kind of um, the I guess the bigger grander vision here is to go. Look, if you if you have a particular um, community or group or area that you want to s- sell some um, cover to or pre- protect them against risk, then you should be able to access. Nexus Mutual to provide that capital and that risk um, capital so that you can easily do it And so it, the analogy is like um, you have the Nexus is a protocol like a um, the application layer and then you build like lots of little app, app stores like it's like the app store you know you build lots of applications that do particular business. So if you want to sell earthquake cover in Mexico then you can then you can easily build it build that and get the capital from from Nexus. So um, that, that's really what we're trying to do here.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So um, let's, let's take that uh, vision and see how we can um, implement it in, in a way that whereby... Um, so from, from you know, put on your actuary hat and let's say I'm a project in the DeFi space. And um, does it make sense for me to come in and uh, either write the insurance product myself or get somebody with expertise and then simply uh, source that fund from Nexus Mutual to, to cover my project?
1: Yeah, so um, I guess there are quite a few crypto projects or um, in the space that kind of have their own like insurance pool um, where if something was to go wrong with the protocol. Usually it's where you have a borrowing and lending platform and there are um, kind of like excess liquidations that, um, are, you know, that some, the market crashes and the liquidations happen too fast and it's not covered um, in full. And then you dip into the insurance pool that kind of builds up over time. So that, that's kind of one option and that's kind of like self-insurance. Um, and so conceptually like regular financial markets work um sometimes that makes sense to kind of cover it yourself but also there are risks that you may not be able to cover yourself um and so the more efficient way of doing that is sharing risk with um or offloading risk to someone else and you can offload that risk to to nexus uh, um so that's kind of the the main idea sometimes it makes sense to do it self-insurance and sometimes it'll make sense to transfer that um that risk and so What we're saying is it's going to be more capital efficient for you to transfer that risk in a lot of cases because um, Exus has a a model that can share that risk against um, a whole bunch of other people rather than sitting a whole bunch of capital that may just be idle and not really um, effectively put to work.
0: Right, right. Um, I think that makes sense. That makes sense. So, um, one use case, obviously, is that the the, the product can do self insurance, whether that's uh, you know uh, through Next Mutual, or they, they, they set funds aside. But you know if they set funds aside, it's not capital efficient for them. Uh, I, I guess that's a point. I mean, in, in real world, right? Let's say that um, every single insurance product is, I guess, is created and then underwritten by an insurer, or, or, or is not created. they can be created by different different people, I imagine. Um, and and how would that translate into the DeFi and blockchain space? And um, do we need someone uh, that is insurance focused uh, to 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 come up with the product for these different protocols?
1: Um, yeah. So I mean, the way way insurance like generally works is that the insurance companies themselves come up with the products and then they kind of sell them really. Um, and you know obviously they adjust the terms and conditions when for you know competition reasons or customer feedback et cetera like that but but generally the um, the insurance companies themselves come up with the products. Um, what we're doing with Nexus and um, is we're allowing <coughs> sorry excuse me, allowing anyone to come up with a product and um, the idea here is like, you probably have to be some level of um, expert to a certain degree to do this, but um, the idea being that anyone can bring any risk to the mutual and then if the mutual members want to back it via a staking mechanic, so they put like NXM tokens behind it, if they do that and enough people do that, then cover can be offered at a certain price. So, you know, more staking, lower price. Um, And so the idea here is that you kind of like this decentralized Lloyds of London where anyone don't come up with a risk with a product that they, they want cover for. They bring it to the mutual. Um, if there's enough backers, then great, it goes ahead. If not, then, you know, you no cover is available. So it's kind of this decentralized version um, of Lloyd's where instead of going to the underwriting desks, um, bringing your paper documents and and walking around and talking to a whole bunch of people, um, then you, instead you can do that very efficiently, Um by the crypto network, and so that, that's that's kind of the vision that we that we go for.
0: Oh, that's that's great. That's great. So, from my understanding, there are you know um, a, a few pillars for the project. You know, there is the capital pool size, the minimum capital requirement ratio, and they determine the amount of supply um, that uh, supply of capital that is available and required to meet all the claims. Um, and there a second pillar will be the cover amount enabled by staking which you uh, talked about just now. Um, can you can you talk about a little bit about the the, the challenges that that you faced in terms of attracting uh, the capital required to the pool and get them to stake because I think this is a very important mechanism in this whole system
1: um, yeah so I, I think firstly just step back and kind of explain the broad mechanic a bit. Um, so basically, um, Nexus as a, as a whole needs to make sure that it has enough money, um, to pay claims. And so we have this concept called the minimum capital requirement, um, which also leads to another concept, which is the minimum capital requirement ratio, which is kind of like, um, well, the minimum capital requirement is the funds that we need. It's kind of like what our reserves need to be. And the ratio of that, it ratio is how much we actually hold versus our reserves, um, and so when when that ratio is high, um, like we're well funded, and when it's lower, we're less well funded. So that, that's kind of how, how how it works. And so what we what we want to make sure is at a global level for Nexus, we have enough money to pay the the, the covers that we write, um, which means that we have to put some limits on the amount of cover that we write on specific risks. So we we don't we want to make sure that if anything. If one specific thing happens, that doesn't like um wipe out the mutual in total. So we have to put some limits on things. So so what we do is we put a global limit to say, look, we're not going to write any one risk that's not that's more than 20% of our reserves. So that if something does happen, we you know, we could take a pretty decent hit, but at least the mutual will still be there and not get totally wiped out. So that's kind of the concept number one is like managing the risk of the mutual at the total um level. The the second concept is when someone wants to bring a new risk to the mutual um when that happens like you can't get cover immediately you have to wait until members stake and back it um and so um basically the amount of cover you can get on any risk is limited by two things um firstly the amount of staking and secondly this global limit so um which which will start kicking in once there's lots of staking involved um so there's kind of this big global limit but to start with, when you're trying to bootstrap a new network, you have to get some level of staking um, to to do that. So the staking mechanic is actually a kind of critical one. Um, And so we need to encourage um, members of the mutual to back risks that they're comfortable with, um, and because that opens up capacity, and it also sets the price. And so once we get that um, that mechanism is working quite well right now, but obviously things can be improved and stuff. So we're we're looking at looking at that as well. Um, but that's the kind of a key uh, mechanic for the entire system to to work because we, we need to have people that back the risks.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and I think this is a key. Um, would you mind just going into a little bit of detail uh, regarding how how the pricing of a smart contract. Um, cover is 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 uh is currently being down because i think this relates directly uh to the risk and rewards for the stakers right
1: yeah that's right um so so basically i mean it's it's pretty simple when there's more stake there's a lower price and there's a bit of there's a formula and a curve to kind of work that out um and so really what we're saying here is and, and this is quite a bit different to how insurance companies price stuff. So insurance companies tend to like, you know, have a team of actuaries and like some tables and work on historic data and go, here, here you go, here's a price. Um, but um, with Nexus, what we're saying is we, we're we not going to do all that complex calculation stuff on on chain or anything because that doesn't really work. What we're going to do is say, look, anyone can do that analysis, but they then what happens is they will... St- kind of condense all of that analysis into one value which is how much money they want to put behind this particular risk and um so it's kind of using the prediction market techniques like the wisdom of the crowd stuff and things like that to, ex- to condense all of this complex information into kind of one value which is effectively the stake which then converts into a price in a programmatic way so just, it's just a formula this bunch stake equals this price um, and so um, that, that's basically how it works and yeah more stake gives more capacity and as in more cover can be written on that risk and it gives lower price so that's that's essentially the the basics of it
0: yes um, I think that covers the both the, the, the risk and rule like you said uh, if you use the, the amount the amount of risk that is able to be covered depends on how much people uh, are willing to cover it by staking um, I, I see you know so i I went to the uh, nexus um, uh, website and and you know read through the documents and and there was this um, you know risk cost formula i I think the formula itself uh, is a little bit too complex to go through on, on, on a podcast like this, but perhaps later on uh, I would definitely like to um, ask you a few more questions about about the formula and maybe i will, I would write something to to explain these things for 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 the listeners and for the community. Do you think that that'll be helpful?
1: Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's helpful. I mean, I think um, just very briefly, basically, um, if there's a curve, and you know, if you, if you step the first amount you stake, drops the price quite a lot, and then the uh, the more you stake, that um, increases uh, that decreases the the price by less and less as you kind of go along. So there's kind of a a curve in in the price versus stake that drops fast to start with, and then slows slows down as over time
0: right 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 um and, and and in terms of the risks that are covered you know the last time i i checked on this uh, the stats you know uh, i think right now nexus mutual is covering about 230 million uh worth of smart contract risk right now and the you know the total value locked in DeFi space is around 11 billion I ch- when i checked this morning and you know, more and more of these protocols, they are being stacked on top of each other, right? So, so you know, if you look at something like the Wire protocol, it utilizes a bunch of other protocols, right? So how, you know, there was this discussion about um, stacked risk cover, is that still on roadmap?
1: Um, yeah, it is. So um, I think that firstly, the the important part here is the way Nexus currently works, and then we can work out where we're going to from from there. But but basically, um, you buy cover on a specific protocol, and if for a protocol that's kind of high, higher up on the stack of the money Legos, it may be utilizing un- protocols underneath, um, and so you you can potentially be you'll be still be exposed to um, risks underlying it even if you buy cover on the top one, because we basically, Nexus sells cover on a system basis. So like YERN or Compound or Maker or something like that. So if YERN uses compound underneath, and compound goes down and you had cover on wire, then then you wouldn't be covered. Um, so, you know, we, we, we did that for a bunch of reasons, but um, but we do acknowledge that, like, stacked risk cover is where we really want to be from a, a customer point of view because um, it's much easier from, from their perspective um, and then they don't have to worry about um, buying lots of different covers on lots of different things. And so um, that's definitely still on the roadmap. Um, we're working out some... We're looking at the details about how we can um, implement that in a relatively um, simple fashion. Um, the the challenge for the mutual, which is which, and for the members, is going to be how to manage the like correlation risks and the exposure. So you know, the mutual as a whole doesn't want to take massive exposure on any one thing. And if everything's built on say <coughs> maker or something, that <coughs> sorry, uh, then we could accumulate too much risk on maker. So you know, there's there's some. There's some challenges that we have to work through as a as a mutual, um, but definitely from a customer point of view, getting stacked risk cover is going to be um, be really um, important, um, and because because they want that ease ease of use and know that they're covered for for not just smart contract failures, but also for anything else that that could happen underneath that could co- cause their um, their funds to lose significant value, like a governance attack or an oracle failure or something like that.
0: Right, right, um I, I imagine right now all these uh these products are being developed by 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 you and and the team at uh, Nexus
1: um yeah, that's right I mean we're doing the majority of the work right now um obviously we want to open that up um, as we go further along, and I think um, that, that's the direction we're headed um and so what we're doing right now is kind of developing the tools and the and the um, integration documents and all that type of stuff to make it easier for other people to build on top of us.
0: Right, right, right. So would it, would it be helpful if I make a uh, call to action to any and all Actuary listeners out there um, for them to dive into the space and and, and maybe think about how uh, they can help us with the uh, pricing, the correlation rates and how to manage that?
1: Yeah, I I think so. It's going to be, um, yeah, definitely, of course. Um, The more kind of, um, we we kind of need these, it's it's interesting. As a mutual, we obviously have a bunch of different members and they have different objectives and and stuff like that. Um, But we also need a group of people in the mutual that can manage the risk. Of the mutual at a kind of more total level, and so make sure that it's um, doing the right things and not overexposed or underexposed in different places. So, um, but those we, the more um, of those types of skills we can get involved in our community, the better. And we're, we're we've got quite a few um, actually involved, um, which is great. And yeah, but but more is more is always better.
0: Absolutely, and, and uh, you know, just just to uh, you know, on the topic of decentralizing the. Actual development of product, right? Because I guess the more people are able to develop product and the more these products become available, the bigger the mutual will get, right? In, in terms of scale. And so, so how, how is there any incentive currently for people to get involved? You know, it's like, um, I, I, I think I'm I, maybe, maybe I mentioned this in the forum or, or in Discord chat, but you know, do we, is there a mechanism whereby if somebody comes up with a new product and how, how, how do they? Is there a way for them to benefit from that? It's similar to somebody who comes up with the investment strategy in the Wire Protocol?
1: Um, there's there's not anything specifically built in, but how, however, what we're looking to do um, is create ways of effectively having like adding a on a distribution fee on top, et cetera. And so, if someone who develops a new product and then actually distributes that to um, to a group of people. Uh, of customers, then then they um, they they could um, then benefit from that.
0: Uh that's that's great to hear. That's great to hear. I'm I'm very very excited about that, and hopefully uh, I can help along uh, along that process. Now, um, in terms of the, the, the team, um, you know, uh, what is the current? How is the team currently funded? It, it, what's the current source of for revenue for the team?
1: Um. Yeah. So the we have a a foundation. Um, and so they were granted some um, initial tokens when we launched, um, and so basically they've got um, some tokens that they um, sell for, for Runway every every now and then. Um, so that's the current the current funding funding model. Um, that's that'll work for the for the medium term, um, but obviously there's you know we have to work out how to um, do this on a longer term and what what makes the most sense like you know do you should we want to shift this to a like a full full DAO structure with a bunch of people involved or do you want to have some sort of foundation run, running in the longer term and so there's definite questions about that for the membership base that we we need to address over the coming years but there's no there's no kind of massive urgency on that particular one
0: Right, right, right. And so, so by by that, I imagine you know uh, the, the the runway for the team is is what is twelve months out or twenty four months out.
1: Uh we've got quite a, a lot of runway with the with the token um, with the tokens we've got in the treasury. So so that that's that's fine. Um, you know, it's kind of at least four or five years. So um, that, that's okay. Obviously, it depends on how much you want we want to expand the team and such. But um, the, but the thing is here that. Um, it's it's really going to be about the the membership base working out what the best way to do this on a on a um, ongoing basis is going to be. There's always the possibility, and this is how mutuals operate in the in the non crypto world. Um, there's always the possibility of kind of um, paying a um, you know some portion of the capital pool of the share capital pool to a service company to kind of manage. Some things on a, on an ongoing basis for them if they if they wish so product development or something like that. Um, but you know, there's equally other ways to do it. Like as you said, you know, um, creating um, mechanisms to encourage new products to be built by the community and stuff. And so maybe you do a combination of those things, and maybe you focus more on one or the other. But yeah, there's there's definitely lots of options to be um, discussed in the future.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. Um, I, I think there is a lot of growth to be had in space, um, and and for the team and for the community. Now, um, what is mo- What are the three most urgent things that that we are we are looking to solve
1: uh, as of late? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good good question. Um, so, I, I guess I guess a couple of things. Um, most the m- most thing we've been focusing on very recently is like how do we respond to kind of this yield farming craze and stuff, especially like the the safe slash cover mining things that have been going on, because um, that's kind of in, cause the massive influx of um, people buying cover and stuff and um, how do we react as a membership base to, to that um but then i think uh i think what the, the kind of couple of things that we're really focused on uh looking at um, distribution um so right now like um, most people buy cover via um Nexus's site but you know essentially what we want is for people to kind of you know go one click button Somewhere else where they're doing the primary purchase, so you know if they're putting money in compound on whatever app, then they should be able to just click and add some cover. Um, so that's the kind of thing we're working towards, and, and also um, looking looking at the staking mechanics again. Um, so we, we've got some we've got some really good feedback on some of the staking mechanics, so we're, we're taking that on board, um, and, and also I, I guess. Um, there's like always tweaks to the to the in you know incentives and protocols and mechanics and stuff like that and so there are quite a few smaller ones that that people are working on um, another item that's probably worth mentioning which is more medium term um is um basically enabling the capital pool to earn um, some investment returns. So right now it's basically just held in ETH and um, nothing's really done with it, but there's always it, our intention to kind of enable investment returns and, and that, that all of that benefit will flow to flow to the members um, of the DAO. Um, so that's kind of an important mechanism that insurance companies use to, um, they always invest their float. Um, so we need to do, do the same. Um, so yeah, that's one of the things where we're looking to do in, in the medium term and likely hopefully get involved with E2.0 staking once it once it goes goes live.
0: Oh I love the way you smoothly transition from the nitty-gritty to uh, capital pool earning returns. I love that. <laughs> 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 um, so 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 in terms of, of that, right? So I, I think um, I think let's help people understand that a bit more. Um, so So, currently, there is a lot of capital, right, within the mutual, in the the capital pool. And uh, right now, I think there is about, what, 70 million worth of capital in the pool right now. And, you know, in traditional insurance world, insurance companies will invest their float, right? Float is the, I guess, is the excess uh, above uh, minimum capital requirement. Is, Is that correct?
1: Uh, no, no, the float is the whole the whole amount of assets. So basically, you, yeah, it's it's the whole thing.
0: Wow. Okay. Cool. So 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 let's say that there. I guess traditionally speaking, in, in a traditional world, if you invest that in a safe asset, earning passive income, this is two three percent a year, right? So now in the crypto world, obviously, you know, it's like different, the different risk profile and reward. But if we invest all that money, and the money flows back into the pool. The benefit of that would be a increase the pool size, which then allows, um, I guess, uh, higher limits on, on individual covers. Um, and how would that in, impact the 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 the, uh, the the price of of the token? When, when you when so when you invest, do you get back in you know, in ETH and and then do you hold the ETH or or how would that translate into NXM? How would that impact NXM?
1: Yeah, so when when the um, capital pool is invested, all of the money flows back into the capital pool. So it just in- increases um, whatever the investment earning rate is. And so that, that basically increases the funds that the mutual has. And and the token price has one, one of the key factors in the token price is the MCR percentage, which is the ratio of, ratio of the funds we have versus the funds we need. So if we have investment earnings coming through, then the funds that we have is going up. The funds that we need, in assuming everything else is constant, is staying the same. And so therefore the token price will um, will keep pushing up um, if everything else is stable. Um, and so that's that's kind of how, um, how how it's supposed to work. Basically, when the mutual has excess funds, the token price should be higher. When it needs more funds, the token price should be lower. So, to the extent that the investment earnings is giving us more funds and potentially um, producing like you know more more surplus or whatever, then then the token price should um, should increase. Um, so that that's kind of one of the one of the key planks of what we're doing. The I mean, in general, the the mutual should be generating surpluses. Um, from cover purchases, which is basically premiums less claims, um, plus investment earnings, and, that should, and that's owned by the the membership base, the the DAO members.
0: Yes, yes, yes. I, I I thank you for explaining that, and I think that's super super important because I think a lot of times in the DeFi space and in the crypto world, you know, the the, the token design is is uh, is lacking in many ways. And and next mutual the Sam token has one of the best value capture uh cool systems that i have have ever seen uh, you know it, the 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 value of the project directly flows back into the token itself uh which i th- which, which is just fantastic to me fantastic to me uh because you know it, it, the token itself it uh enables the whole operation to work right because if you want to get coverage you have to buy uh you, you can pay in ETH or die but that gets automatically converted into anm and so a portion of that is, is burnt, if, if my understanding is correct. Is that, is, is that how yeah. it works? Yeah,
1: that, that's exactly correct. Yeah, so you basically have to buy NXM to buy cover, but we take that um, user interface kind of UX issue away and we just do it in the background for you. And, and, you, and you purchase via ETH or DAI, and so you don't really even see it.
0: Oh wow, yeah, yeah. So, 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 I, w- I want people to listen to this podcast to, 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 imagine that whenever they're using a project in DeFi, they are literally transferring value into that DeFi and then into that project and then into that token. I, I, I haven't seen a project who has a token design as such. Uh, to be very honest, to be very honest. Um, I, so so let's let's do a, a last few questions to to wrap things up. Now, in terms of the um, one of the new initiative that was just launched recently, shield mining, right? Can you just tell people a bit more about that and and how that helps the project?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, shield mining is basically a, a partner project um, with Nexus and any other DeFi or um, smart contract. Um, project um, running on Ethereum right now, but it can be wider in the future. So basically what happens um, and where it works best is where um, you've got a new project, it's launching, it's got some smart contracts. There's obviously risk because um, the smart contracts are new, they haven't necessarily been battle-tested, et cetera. And so um, the that new project may be wanting to attract some um, capital or users, and the users might be a bit concerned about um, doing that to start with. And so um, so they would like to get some cover on Nexus. but the but the issue is that we need to kind of bootstrap stakers on Nexus so that some cover can be available at a reasonable price to start with. And so shield mining is a way to kind of um, bring all that together and kind of use yield farming, um, techniques, but in a real kind of economic way to kind of help this kind of solve this initial market problem. And so what it does is the the project can provide some I- additional incentives, perhaps in their native token, to nexus stakers who stake on that project's contracts to bootstrap that initial um, market for cover. And so... Um, the f- the first project we launched this with um just this week um was the keep um project with their tpdc contracts um and so basically if nexus stakers stake against um the tpdc contracts they can earn some bonus keep Um, in addition to the rewards in NXM that they get. And and so it's kind of a good way to kind of like just really bootstrap that initial market. And we're looking to partner with um, a bunch of other projects um, as they launch and um, some existing ones as well. Um, And so as a a way of um, really getting the staking process going on Nexus, so it obviously helps us from that point of view, but it also really helps the partner project uh, so that they can attract more liquidity and more users um, early to their protocol.
0: Uh, just, just on this point, um, I, I think I, I've seen a generalized front end UI for any partner project who would like to uh, participate in Shield Mining for their, for, for their own benefit. Uh, is, there, is there like a website or web page that these project can go to and, and you know, click on a few buttons to, to, to enable this function?
1: Um, yeah, so we're, we're basically, um, we do have, a, we have developed a front end for this, um, but what, what we're doing is um, making sure that they, you know, they come to the team first, just have a little bit of a discussion to t- just understand exactly how it works. Um, and then so we can, sort of can coordinate it together um, just to make sure that we get the details right. But um, but then, and then we're we'll looking to perhaps open it up um, more widely. So, you know, there's, if you jump into a, Discord and there's the or, or on the medium or, or Twitter or whatever where you can access a just a quick form a Google form to just kind of get collect some information um, and, and then we can get in touch and, and sort, it up, sort it out so um, so that's basic that's basically how, how how it works right now but yeah we've got a UI that any, anyone will be able to do that in the future
0: and also one of the things I, I think I, I want to highlight for uh, for people is that you know these projects by distributing their uh, tokens as part of incentives right they can also get the community the nexus mutual community community more involved in, in what they're doing right to, to 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 have more eyeballs on the project right to build part of the, the community um and, and i think you know liquidity mining you know if it's just mining for it, its own sake right people people mine for token and sell it there's very little value in that right but but if you're a great project and then you are able to distribute uh part of your Project, uh, whether you know, th- whether it's through your token, whether it's governance or, or, or whatever, to, to uh, actual users, who are who's using the DeFi project, uh, DeFi project, a uh, product, it will be super interesting, I think.
1: Yeah, exactly right. And the Nexus stakers tend to be more along the expert DeFi user spectrum um, because you know there's there's a um, real risk that they're taking on by staking, um, and so um, they they tend to be more along that spectrum. So that is one of the benefits of um, you know for the project of potentially getting um, wider distribution to um, to the existing Nexus community. I think in in general, the way we view Nexus is a really kind of Positively symbiotic project with everyone else because you know we help everyone else. We're kind of like a a, um, a really good um, you know having a having kind of cover on on your protocol can obviously help the, the protocol and it also helps Nexus as well. So um, so yeah, it's a we think it's a very positive like um, win win um, outcome.
0: Yeah, yes, I, I, I absolutely, uh, absolutely agree with that. Um, so let's Let the last question. And, and let's make this a call to action for all the Nexus uh, mutant community members out there, right? <laughs> uh, so what can we do, right, as part of the Nexus community to help the project grow?
1: Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a, a couple of things. It's definitely going to be um, encouraging other communities that you're involved in to get involved in the shield mining program if if they wish. Um, but but it's also going to be about um, distribution and um, like it's developing partners and stuff like that. Um, I guess that's kind of that's kind of one thing. Uh, the other stuff is just get involved in the governance and the forums as we've got a lot of really good discussions going on. And I mean, some of them are a bit more technical, but um, but I think that's the more um, of community members we can get involved in that stuff, the stronger and more, um, uh, I guess, uh, better decisions that we will make as, as a whole. And so th- those are the kind of um, key things that'd be great to get more people involved in.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. I'll be on a personal recruiting mission looking out for actuaries (laughs) (laughs) yes and 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 for everybody who's listening to this podcast uh, i want you to go find out more about next mutual and i want you to uh speak to your friends and to the project that you are involved in about the shield mining program and uh if this makes sense for the project feel free to you know jump in the discord or telegram and and then you know get contact with the team Uh, so uh what is the best way to uh for people to get in contact with you
1: yeah, so um, so Twitter is probably a good first start because it's easy to find us at Nexus Mutual, and then you can jump into the Discord from there, which is most where most of our community discussions are happening. Um, and then you know the team and stuff, and all myself can pick it up once once you're in uh, the Discord. So yeah, that's that's the best way.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. So thank you so much, Hugh, for your time today. This has been a fantastically informative conversation. I look forward to having you back on the show again soon.
1: Cool, great, great to be here. Thanks very much, Harvey.